CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Science of Success. Introducing your host, Matt Bodner. Welcome to the Science of Success, the number one evidence-based growth podcast on the internet with more than a million downloads and listeners in over 100 countries. In this episode, we discuss habit loops, how they form, what they are, and we look at why you can't stop picking up your phone. I know that's definitely a challenge for me. We talk about the habits and routines that research shows are the most correlated with success. We talk about how to bake mental models into your brain and much more with Charles Duhigg. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should join our email list today by going to successpodcast.com and signing up right on the homepage. The first is exclusive curated weekly emails from us, including Mindset Monday, which listeners have been loving. The second is that you get listener exclusive content and a chance to shape the show. That means voting on guests, changing our intro music. Yeah, if you're on the email list, you had an opportunity to vote on the song that we use for the new intro in the episode today. And... And you get awesome free guides that we create based on listener demand, like our most popular guide, How to Organize and Remember Everything, which you can get for free, along with another sweet bonus guide that you have to sign up to find out what it is by joining our email list today. Again, you can go to successpodcast.com and join the email list right on the homepage, or if you're on your phone, just text the word SMARTER to the number 44222. That's S-M-A-R-T-E-R to the number 44222. In our previous episode, we discussed how you can fall into cycles of self-sabotage and constantly reset your happiness down to where you think it should be. We discussed lessons learned from coaching over 20,000 people, talked about how to crush your upper limit problem and break through the beliefs that are holding you back. We looked at the questions you need to discover and live in your zone of genius and much more with Dr. Gay Hendricks. If you want to crush self-sabotage, listen to that episode. You know how much we talk about the concept of mental models on the show, and I think it's an incredibly important and super vital strategy to build a toolkit of mental models that can help you be successful and achieve your goals. 
That's why I'm once again excited to tell you about our sponsor for this week, Brilliant.org. Brilliant's a math and science enrichment learning tool that makes mastering the fundamentals of math and science easy and fun. And there's something special there for Science of Success listeners, which you can get by going to brilliant.org slash science of success. Mastering the fundamentals of math and science is a super important component of building a powerful toolkit of mental models. And Brilliant is an incredible way to get started with that. Now for the episode. Today, we have another incredible guest on the show, Charles Duhigg. Charles is a Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist and senior editor at the New York Times. He's the author of The Power of Habit and Smarter, Faster, Better, both of which are New York Times bestsellers. Graduated from Yale and Harvard Business School and has been featured in This American Life, NPR, Frontline, and much more. Charles, welcome to the Science of Success. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're very excited to have you on here. So to start out, I'd love to, I know, you know, both of your books cover such fascinating topics and I, and I want to get as much out of this conversation as we can to start out. Tell me a little bit about, let's start with the power of habit. Tell me about habit loops. How are habits formed and, and how can we change our habits? Well, so one of the big insights that's happened in the last 15 years in neurology is really understanding what a habit is. So I, I think we tend to think of a habit as sort of one thing, right? It's this uh, that instinct that I have to like eat cookies when I don't need to or to, to, to you know, bite my nails. But what researchers have discovered is that, is that every habit has three components. The first part of a habit is the cue, the trigger that sets off this urge, this auto, this instinct to almost do something automatically. And then after that trigger, the cue, there comes the routine, which is the behavior itself. And then finally, there's a reward. And every habit has a reward. And that reward is why your brain latches on to this behavior and makes it automatic. And this happens all the time. In fact, there was a woman named Wendy Wood at Duke University who followed around hundreds of people for an entire year. And what she found was that about 40 to 45 percent of what we do every single day is not a decision. It's a habit, right? When you when you um, are backing your car out of the driveway and you you've done it so many times, you don't really have to pay attention to it. That's a habit. When you remember leaving home and you're at your desk, but you can't exactly remember the the drive along the freeway because you were thinking about something else, that's because you were able to do that by habit. We have mental habits that occur that occur almost every minute. Habits are how we as a species have survived and have thrived so well. And every single one of those habits, those thousands of little habits that come into play every single day, half of what almost half of what we do, all of them have a cue, a routine, and a reward. So tell me about each of those. What what are the, you know, what is the cue, what is the routine, and what is the reward? And how could we leverage that knowledge to change our negative habits or to build positive habits? Well, I mean, it's different for every single habit, right? So, so what, what habit do you have that you struggle with? Uh, I'd say a good one might be maybe checking my phone too frequently or checking, you know, Reddit or something like that and wasting time on social media. Okay. Okay. So when you, when you feel that urge to, to check your phone, what's going on? Is it uh, like, like paint a picture of, of what's happening? For instance, where does it usually happen? I would say all over the place. Right. Um, and, and to me, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it feels like my brain is screaming out for some sort of novelty dopamine. Give me something that, you know, give me something new, give me something exciting. And, uh, and I'll kind of, pick up my phone and then wake up, you know, 15 minutes later and be like, what have I just been doing? 
So I think that's so. So all cues, for the most part, fall into one of five categories. It's usually a particular place, a certain time of day, the presence of certain other people, a particular emotion, or a preceding behavior that's become ritualized somehow. And it sounds like for you that what the cue for checking your phone is is it's probably a particular emotion, which in this case would be kind of boredom, right? The the what psychologists would would be call, would call novelty seeking. That you're you're feeling like you need like a a burst of something interesting. And so when you have this spare moment, when you feel a little bit bored, you feel a certain emotion, you pick up and you check your phone. So we've got the cue diagnosed. And the activity, is it pretty much the same way every single time? You pick up the phone, you kind of turn it on, do you do you find that you go to you tend to go to the same apps on your phone? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So I go to probably Reddit is one that is a huge time sink. Okay. Okay, so so we've got the routine down. You're you're grabbing your phone. You're going. You're hitting the Reddit app, or you're opening up a, a browser and you're checking Reddit. And then now the question becomes, what is the reward? Because we know that every single habit has a reward. Sometimes that those rewards are hard to identify. Sometimes they're they're very subtle. But the only reason your brain makes that behavior automatic is because it is delivering some kind of reward. And without knowing what the reward is, you can't begin to diagnose and therefore change the behavior. So what reward do you think it's delivering when you check Reddit? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, as you said, sort of novelty, it's, it's new information. It's, it's kind of some, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It, it's like dopamine, right? I always wanted to like, what's the new thing? What's going on? It's kind of the same impulse of checking the news, right? So it, it's, it's definitely not dopamine, right? Because, because we know that, that neurotransmitters are very, very complicated that what actually happens inside your brain can't can't be reduced to just sort of one neurotransmitter now it might be now what the other things you said is you said it could be um novelty it could be i think you said you wanted to learn something new like get, but those are actually two different rewards right and and understanding exactly what's going on is important at really trying to figure out how to how to fix this and typically if we had more time what i would say is look, you should start experimenting, right? You should, in the next time you feel the urge to check Reddit, you should, for instance, just check YouTube and look for something dumb on YouTube, something that doesn't have any informational value whatsoever, but is just kind of visually entertaining and figure out, does that satisfy that craving? Because then you know that the, the reward that's driving this habit, it's novelty seeking. And then I would say the next experiment is maybe instead of checking Reddit, go to like CNN, and read some kind of dry article and see if that satisfies the craving. Because if that does, then it means it's not novelty seeking that's driving this habit. It's instead sort of this thirst for knowledge, for learning something new. And then you can even get smaller and smaller and smaller. So if you're if it is novelty seeking, and my guess it is my guess is that it's novelty seeking. My guess is that you're not that you would not be as satisfied going to, for instance, like the American Journal of Pediatric Surgery as you would be going to Reddit, because Reddit sort of has things that are more fun and more interesting. And it's not exactly news you need to know. It's just news that's kind of interesting. My guess is that a novelty is a huge part of it. Then you can get even more specific and you can try and figure out, okay, is it is it just that you need like something completely different, right? Like, so if you ran a if you conducted an experiment and you went to YouTube instead of Reddit and you just watched flashing lights, which are very, very novel, or pictures or videos of penguins, which is very novel, would that satisfy the urge? Or does it need to be something that's kind of funny? Does it need to be something that's kind of interesting? And the goal there is to figure out, 
what exactly are you actually, what reward is this habit delivering for you? Like get as specific as possible in what kind of reward this is delivering. Now it might be that you're totally wrong, that it has nothing to do with the content with the value of the content but it doesn't matter if it's funny or if it's newsy that actually all that you need is you just need some way to like kind of catch your breath and stop thinking about whatever problem you're trying to solve and you've fallen into the habit of looking at reddit as kind of a mental reset and you could look at anything for that matter but once you understand what reward that habit is delivering then you can reprogram the habit then you can say okay look Let's, I'm just going to make this up, but let's say, let's say what's going on here is that when I feel a cue of boredom, I turn to Reddit. And the reason why I turn to Reddit is because Reddit delivers me some type of reward that makes me feel smart. It doesn't feel like procrastination. It feels like I'm learning something. So then the next question becomes, okay, what else can you do that would correspond to that old cue and deliver something similar to that old reward but is actually more healthy, right? Isn't something that you feel like is quite a, as much a waste of time. So what would that be? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a great analogy and I can I can answer that for myself, but I think I want to I want to focus on delivering value to the listeners and and I know we have tight time constraints in this interview, so I want to kind of advance beyond this, but tell me a little bit about just very briefly what is a keystone habit and how the, how are those important in terms of shaping and, and and kind of impacting your behavior well so a keystone habit is a habit that seems to set off a chain reaction when it begins to change itself right so for many people exercise for instance is a keystone habit when people start exercising they tend to start eating differently so oftentimes without even thinking about it and for most of us i think that makes sense because we you know for whatever reason, we feel like, oh, I went for a run this morning, and so it's easier to eat uh, a salad for lunch rather than a hamburger. But what's interesting is that according to studies, when people start exercising habitually, they also start doing things like using their credit cards less. They tend to do their dishes earlier in the day. They procrastinate less at work. That there's something about for many people, not for everyone, but for many people, that exercise is a keystone habit that changes how they see themselves. And as a result, it sets off a chain reaction that changes other patterns in their life. And for you, this, this, this habit of checking Reddit, if it's something that you find, you find it sort of really bothers you, right? It's something that, that seems to dominate your day. You find yourself doing it. And oh, God, why am I doing this again? I wish I could stop. Then that very, might very well be a keystone habit for you. We tend to identify keystone habits. And again, a keystone habit is different for each person by the emotional content of it rather than, than merely by the role that it plays in our life. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. 
Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hiring the right person takes time, time that you often don't have. But you shouldn't let a time crunch get in the way of finding the right candidates for your business. That's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. In fact, I was on LinkedIn Jobs this morning looking for candidates to fill a key role in one of my businesses. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills you're looking for so that you can hire the right person quickly. You can look for things like collaboration, creativity, and adaptability, looking beyond just work skills and resumes to connect you with the candidates who are a perfect match for your business. That's how LinkedIn makes sure that your job post gets in front of the people you actually want to hire because they have a much better ability to get a deep insight into exactly who is the right candidate for you and your business. Find the right person meant for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and the first $50 is on them. Just visit linkedin.com slash success. Again, that's linkedin.com slash success to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Let's dig into some of the lessons from Smarter, Faster, Better. Tell me about one of the, one of the core concepts of that book is the idea that it's not that most successful people work harder, it's that they do things differently. Tell me about that idea. Well, it's not that they do things differently, it's that they tend to think differently, right? I, I, so, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I may, maybe I misphrased that. So, so in general, the most productive people, they tend to be people who think more deeply than everyone else. They spend more time thinking about the choices that they're making. For trying to figure out why they have certain priorities and how to focus on those priorities, how to motivate their teams and how to motivate themselves. Yeah. So, so that's what the book explains is that, is that there are these mental habits that prepare us to think more deeply about the choices we're making, particularly when thinking is hard. And what are some of the thought patterns that people who think differently that, that are more productive follow and implement? Well, I mean, you know, let's, so, so do you feel like you're a pretty productive guy? I mean, I think I'm decently productive. 
So why do you think you're productive? Like what, what do you do to help yourself become productive? I mean, I think it's a lot of the things you talk about in the book, right? I, I spend a lot of time, I, I carve out and cultivate space in my life for, for thinking about what I'm doing, for setting my goals, for creative time that is outside of kind of the, the constant churn of responding to emails and, and doing busy work. And I constantly try to cultivate that sort of quadrant of important but not urgent work and spending time on that, spending time journaling and thinking. And I hope that even though those activities seem like they're sort of not getting things done, in many ways, they refocus on what you do in such a way that it's actually much more high leverage than just seeming like you're busy all the time. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Do you, know, do you set aside time for that? Like, do you have like a block of hour, like an hour set aside on Sunday? Do you do it when you're when you're feeling like it? How do you structure creating that time? Yeah, I structure. I try to cultivate that time every morning. So I set aside time in the mornings before I have meetings that I can sort of think, journal, you know, think about big picture things and try to figure out what what can I do to be more effective. Yeah. So I think that this is the big insight that we've learned from research into productivity about why some people and some companies, but people in particular, why some people get so much more done than other people do, why they seem to succeed faster. And, you know, the conventional wisdom has always been, oh, those people must have must work much harder, that they chain themselves to their desks or maybe maybe that they're much smarter. Right. Or that they just they went to the right schools and so they have more advantages but what the research shows is that that doesn't tend to be true. I mean, certainly working hard is great and, and going to the right schools doesn't hurt, but, the, but the, that doesn't seem to correlate with success. That what actually seems to correlate with success is that the people who are most productive and, and most successful, they tend to have what researchers refer to as contemplative routines, as habits in their life that push them to think more deeply. So you mentioned journaling. Journaling is a great example of this because the act of journaling oftentimes forces us to sit down and to try and make sense of how we've spent our time recently, what our goals actually ought to be as opposed to what we happen to just get you know obsessed with or fixated on right now, and how we should arrange our life so that those priorities, so that our our energy and our activity is actually focused on our priorities rather than in simply responding to, you know, life's many, many sort of busy work requests. The basic insight here is that particularly now being busy and being productive are not synonymous. You can spend an entire day being busy. You can spend an entire day replying to emails and not getting anything important done. And that's kind of a new thing, right? As, as late as the 1960s and 1970s, busy and synonymous, or busy and productive were, were, were kind of similar. But that's changed in, the, in this economic revolution that we're living through. They're, they've now become disjointed. And so the people who are most successful are the ones who recognize that and who say, look, I need these routines in my life. I need these habits in my life that push me to think about what my goals should be, whether I'm whether I need to change my priorities today, whether I'm actually spending time on my priorities, or instead I'm I'm just doing stuff because it's the easiest thing to do because it makes me feel productive instead of actually be productive. And so one of the things that the core of Smarter Faster Better is that Smarter Faster Better walks through these these eight parts of life that seem to be most deeply correlated with productivity and success and sort of unpacks, okay, what is the habit that you need to build that allows you to think more deeply about things like, for instance, 
generating motivation when you most need it, right? What do we know about the neurology of motivation? What do we know about remaining focused at work? What is a habit that people employ so that they don't get distracted by minutia, that they don't get distracted by things that don't matter, so that they set priorities actively and, and push themselves to think about those priorities rather than getting complacent and just looking at your to-do list and doing whatever comes next, even if that's not the most important thing. What do we know about why some teams succeed more than others and therefore how do we how do we empower leaders of those teams to create the right team habits that make success more likely but at the core of each of these is this basic principle it's hard to think right it takes time and energy and work and it's easy to forget to think but throughout history thinking has always been the killer productivity app and so the key is to build these routines, these habits into your life that push you to think a little bit more deeply about the things that matter, like goals and teams and innovation, and to think in certain ways so that you'll end up being more successful. Tell me the story of Qantas Flight 32. Qantas Flight 32 is a flight that took off from a Singapore airport headed towards Sydney, Australia. And they had a mid-air catastrophic mechanical injury and and the pilot ended up prevailing because he was able to shift his mental model he was able to shift the story he was telling himself inside his head that helped him that helped him think about how he ought to to harness his attention in the right ways did you read the story i listened to a recent speech of yours where you where you talked about it i thought it was it was riveting and it was a fascinating story that's why i wanted to dig into some of the some of the lessons from from what happened so so which which parts of it stood out to you well i think one that's just sort of the narrative structure of of you know the being in the midst of this plane crash and, and how they were able or plane malfunction and how they were able to recover from it but specifically the concept of situational awareness and and the how they were sort of practiced these routines and even before the accident even the car ride over there kind of rehearsing and talking about What's what are we going to do when you know when and if something goes wrong and and you know you mentioned that the the flight recording of the cockpit it almost sounds like a rehearsed scripted play even in the midst of what seemingly is a crisis. Yeah, I think you know one of the big important things that we know about how people marshal their attention and don't get distracted. How why some people are able to maintain focus. You know whether you're in an emergency in an airplane cockpit or whether it's just, you know, a busy day at work and you're sitting at your desk and there's emails coming in and there's phone calls and there's people asking you to come to some meeting unexpectedly. The people who are able to maintain their focus the best are the ones who kind of have some story in their head, some some story that they're almost telling themselves about what's going on as it occurs. You know, we know this about firemen for instance, the best, the best firefighters, there's a, there, there's always firefighters that, that almost seem like they have ESP. They can almost detect what's going to happen in a burning building before it occurs. And as researchers have gone and talked to those folks and they've asked them how they do that, what they tend to say is the same thing over and over again. They say, oh, you know, when I walk into a burning building, I start telling myself a story about what I expect to see, right? So I walk into a room and I see, I, I expect to see flames in one corner because because corners always burn faster than everything else. And I know there's a staircase off to the left and I expect to see a lot of flames on top of that staircase because there's usually an air gap under staircases. And so they burn fast. And then when I walk into a room, 
And the story in front of my eyes, it's different from the story inside my head. For instance, there's less flames than I expect to see on that staircase. It causes me to suddenly like take a second and say like, wait, something's wrong. Like pay attention to that staircase. Don't go over there. There's something off about that. And the reason why they know where to focus and what they can ignore is because they have this story inside their head, right? This is, the psychologists call this the act of building mental models. And mental models are how our brain almost unconsciously decides what to focus on and what to ignore. And all of us do this, right? This is like second nature for one degree to another. Most of us, when we think about our day, we think like, oh, I have a meeting at 10 o'clock and then I've got to meet Jim at lunch for lunch at 1130. So I need to leave by 11. And, and we build these mental models where we play out a conversation that we're going to have, a tough conversation in our head. We have a natural instinct to create mental models. But the people who are most successful, they tend to build mental models that are just half a degree more specific than everyone else. Instead of saying, oh, I have a meeting at 10 o'clock, I need to leave by 11, they say, oh, I've got a meeting at 10 o'clock, and it's probably going to begin with Jim saying that like dumb idea that he brings up at every meeting. And then Mary, Mary's probably going to disagree with him because Mary hates Jim, so she always wants to, to disagree. And then you know what I should do? Then I should jump in with my idea because I'll bet you everyone will be relieved to hear me bring up some, something sensible at that point. I'll kind of win the meeting. That's what the most productive people do. They build these mental models, these kind of visualizations of what they expect to un have unfold that are just a little bit more detailed than everyone else. And it doesn't take much time. You know, it takes 30 seconds, maybe two minutes to like envision your entire day that way. But what it does is it builds a mental model that allows your brain to anticipate what's going to happen. And more importantly, focus on what really matters and not get as quite as distracted as the small little details from everything else. Well, Charles, thank you so much. I know you, uh, you're tight on time today, but we really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing all of your wisdom. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. We created the show to help you, our listeners, master evidence-based personal growth. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email, which I give out at the end of every episode, is matt at successpodcast.com. That's M-A-T-T -T at successpodcast.com. I read and respond to every single listener email. I'm once again going to give you three reasons why you should join our email list right now by going to successpodcast.com and signing up at the top of our homepage. First, you're going to get exclusive curated weekly emails from us every single week, including Mindset Monday, which listeners have been raving about. Next, you're going to get listener-exclusive opportunities to change the shape of the show, vote on guests, change our intro music, questions that we're going to ask for guests, and give us feedback that helps shape the direction of the science of success. The new intro that you heard today was voted on by our listeners who are on our email list. Lastly, you're going to get awesome free guides that we build based on listener demand, like our most popular guide, How to Organize and Remember Everything, which you can get for free for signing up on the email list, along with another sweet bonus guide that you have to sign up to find out what it is by joining our email list today. You can join at successpodcast.com right on the front of the homepage, or if you're on your phone, just text the word SMARTER. That's S-M-A-R-T-E-R -E to the number 44222. Again, that's SMARTER to 44222. The greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend either live or online. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes. That helps more and more people discover the science of success. 
Lastly, don't forget, if you want to get all the incredible information we talked about in this show, links, transcripts, everything we discussed, and much more, be sure to check out our show notes, which are also at successpodcast.com. You can just hit the show notes button at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success.